Well, welcome everybody to our last episode of 2021. What a season. Yeah, it's been fun. We will return sometime in 2022. We're going to take a little break after this one, Mm -hmm. um, but looking forward to getting back with you in 2022. To wrap up the year, Mm -hmm. Paula. Father Sam. To wrap up the year, I don't want to do a year in review. Oh, you don't want to do what everybody else does? Nope. Nope, I have no desire to do a year in review. I don't want to reflect on anything. I don't want to think back to successes or failures, and I don't want to change at all. No, that's not what I mean. (laughs) You want to say the same. Got it. exactly. Everything's been fine. I'm doing fine. Leave me alone. No, no, that's not it. Um, What was it? Socrates said the unreflected life is not worth living. Yes. Yes, he did say that. Yeah. So. Well, it's, it's good to reflect. It's good to do a, a little review of, of life and everything. That's all perfectly fine. I'm not objecting to any of that. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I want to do today. Okay. I think it's always a good idea as a new year begins to talk about resolution. It's the most annoying topic also. I know. Not <laughs> not like what are the resolutions. Okay. But like what goes into a good resolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Because what happens to most people? New Year's Day rolls around. They've, they've, they announce their New Year's resolution to the world on their social media and to all of their friends. Rule number one, move in silence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what happens by like January 15th? <laughs> they just stop. Yeah. Yeah. The resolution is dead. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to keep resolutions. Right. I got some thoughts on this already. Okay. Keep going. Good. So why is it so hard to keep a resolution? Because you're trying to bite off more than you can chew. Right. Okay. That that's one reason. That's really hard. Yep. Um. You also have to establish new habits. Yep. You have been living a certain way that now all of a sudden has to change. Right. And if you're trying to like completely do a 180, most people just fail. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. What else? Oh, I thought I was asking you. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was waiting for you to come up with something. No, those are, I'd say those are the two biggest ones for me. Yeah, I think an, another one is the the resolution is too broad and not, not specific, specific enough. enough. Yeah. Right. So a resolution that's too broad mm-hmm. and not specific enough is impossible to attain. Mm-hmm. Right. I think another another part of what makes uh, a resolution difficult is that when it becomes challenging, we give ourselves the out and say, "Oh, I guess I I can't do this." All right. And so because we've we've come up against the challenge because we didn't reflect carefully enough on what the resolution is, mm-hmm. once the challenge comes, we just give up. We quit. Other times is because we don't have a why behind it. So if we what's, don't have a deep enough reason as to why we're doing this, and if we don't believe in our why, then right. what's, you're your, not really what's gonna, your motivating factor? Right. Because motivation is only it only takes you so far. Um, there still has to be a why. So I think most people just kind of enter into things without, without their self-reflection. Mm-hmm. You don't really have your why. And so it's not the thing that's going to keep driving you through, um, the, the peaks and the valleys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what goes the into resolu- a good resolution then? Ah, <laughs> a lot of things. I'm not entirely certain that a resolution needs to be for, uh, for January? No, I could start at any point in the season. Well, exactly. Any, and, in the year, I mean. And there, there are some resolutions that should be temporary. 
I resolve to do this for this period of time. Yes, I agree. And then there are some resolutions that need to be for your life. Right, lifestyle resolutions. Yeah. Okay. So a resolution that, that can be for a period of time. For example, in Lent, we're going to make a resolution to observe some sort of spiritual discipline, fasting, mm-hmm. almsgiving, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So observing those, those spiritual things, it's for the period of time that is Lent. Mm-hmm. Now, ideally, some of those resolutions would also bear fruit for the rest of our lives and would have something to do with our whole spiritual life. But the idea is it's a, it's a period of time. Mm-hmm. What that means is that that period of time, it's finite. I know how long I have to keep this resolution. I know what I'm going to need to do in order to endure through this, this period of time, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily need to do it. A new year's resolution. It's usually in this calendar year. I want to accomplish the following, mm-hmm. but what do we do? So it, it's typically a new year's resolution is for the year. Right. In 2022, I want to do these things. Yeah. Why then do we give up so easily? Why is it that by by January, the New Year's resolution for like by by the middle of January? Because we are weak humans. (laughs) But I think it's also we don't give ourselves credit for the year. Mm. We don't give ourselves the actual year. We think I've got to make this resolution and I'm going to see results immediately. I'm going to succeed immediately. And we don't give ourselves the time to actually like let the year unfold. Hmm. And that that doesn't mean that we should give up super easily. It means that we've got to like just keep going at it, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Mm. So like when we <laughs> when you set up your own timeline for things and your own markers, and if you're not reaching those, then it's like, well, what's the point? Well, I think actually part part of the issue is that people don't set a real timeline. That's true. They said. In 2022, I'm going to do this. And they they kind of throw out an idea, mm-hmm. but they don't set a realistic way in which they're going to attain it. Right. So I think the biggest part, though, is if you do have a big, a big goal, a big resolution, uh, what makes it manageable is you need to break that down to smaller chunks. Yeah. Like those those smaller things become your wins. And when you hit those small things, it, it, it can move you, can motivate you. Um, another thing that I recently saw the other day was, can I do 1% better today than I did yesterday? So rather than thinking that this whole, uh, you just got to get it done really quickly or you have to rush through things, um, can you just do 1% better? And then you don't become so No, over- no, no. That requires doing math. One percent better. No, I, I can't. I can't put oh, a number on it. That's no. not. No, don't make me do math. Please don't make me do math. Not, oh my gosh! <laughs> because here's, I was, I had a discussion the other day with somebody, and because we can also, we're we're becoming a more anxious world, a more um, yeah, very true anxious society. We have way more responsibilities. The ways that our our mind is like my my to do list keeps changing. Like I get anxious too, and then I get paralyzed. Like this happens to me if I have a huge to do list. I don't know what I'm doing with it. Um, I kind of I can just freeze, and then peace starts to happen. Is all right, Paula. Take this one thing you have to do. Just break it up into something small. I mean, I immediately just want to like do the whole thing all at once, but that's not what I can do because then I just, I rush through it and I don't do it right. And I feel unsatisfied. And so I have to learn how to take a step back and be okay with, let me do this one small thing. And then I start to feel really good about that. I'm like, okay, what's the next small thing that I can do? Right on. And I've had to learn that a lot of, you know, a lot of times I mess up. And I think this is why 
school at some point was really hard. Um, also because I just was really good at procrastinating. Although I don't think I should praise that. Um, don't, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't praise your procrastination. I was so good at it. Um, well, cause I mean the best, I ideas... have tremendous skills in not doing the things that I set out to do. Oh gosh. It was, I, 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 <laughs> I overused this gift. I'm, I'm, I'm good at not doing things in a timely fashion. Yes. And, but I have gotten better. I'm good in... at unnecessarily delaying my goals. <laughs> no, these aren't good things. I know, I know, I know. They're not obviously because then I would just get really anxious and really stressed and I, I didn't know what to do with it. But, um, yeah, oh gosh. But when I realized like I can just do small things and, um, mother Teresa has this quote, like do small things with great love. Sometimes we can get so focused in the everyday life to make sure we're always doing big things, big things, big things. Or with God, we can get so concerned about like, I want to just do big things for God, or I should only be doing big things for God. God doesn't care about the little stuff that I'm doing, or I'm too small. I'm so insignificant that it doesn't matter. But everything big is based off small things like, like physics, for example, like matter is made up out of atoms. None of this would be able to be a thing if it wasn't made up of smaller things. Um, so there, even how the world is created, I think that's such a way that we can move into moving, like doing goals and resolutions. It's what are these small things that I can invite the Lord into? And like the Lord isn't going to walk away from my littleness. Right. Uh, and, and so that from, that's how I personally was able to kind of like understand how to, be in the world, but not of the world, but also try to like live and do things in the world while also being connected to the Lord in, in all these, it's a lot, it's it, a lot. it really is a lot. But I, I think that's a big thing is, um, yeah, the big thing is to do the little things. Right. Right. Um, when you do a, a retreat, spiritual exercises, mm-hmm. the traditional practice coming to the end of a retreat, however long the retreat might be is to make a resolution. Yeah. How will the fruits of this retreat continue to be lived out, exercised? Um, how will you continue to, to use the graces that you have received going forward? Mm-hmm. It could be a weekend retreat. And during that weekend retreat, I mean, you know that that experience of you go away on Friday mm-hmm. and Sunday afternoon, you're finishing the retreat. It's, it's not that long. No, the it's time, like, right? But, but it can that, feel like forever. It feels like forever. The, <laughs> I mean, the amount of stuff that can change for you, the, the realizations that you can come to just because you've separated for a yeah. little while, you've stepped away from your normal routine, you've gotten out of your, your normal living space even, you take that little bit of time to go and reflect, to go and pray, and God is doing something in that time. Well, then what are you going to do coming off of that retreat? How is your life going to change in a meaningful way? Mm-hmm. Because if, if our life stays exactly the same as it was, this is just a little break, and then we go back to everything being the same as it was. Mm-hmm. There's there's no there's no real change, so it's important. I think you come out off that retreat to make a resolution. What am I going to keep with me mm-hmm. from this time? Mm-hmm. What am I going to keep with me from the time that I, I spent away that I spent with the Lord? What grace did I receive that I want to have continue to bear to bear fruit, or what was I convicted of mm-hmm. that needs to be changed in my life? So it could be something like. I need to make sure that there's time for prayer set aside each day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to uh, incorporate this particular devotion into my life each day. Um, I received this gift. I want to remember that gift every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I here I received healing because of this relationship that was wounded mm-hmm. a long time ago. But during the retreat, God really brought me to a place of peace and, and reconciliation with that. Mm-hmm. And so now anytime I, I remember that, I want to also any, anytime I remember that broken relationship, I want also by God's grace to remember the healing that he's given to me. Mm-hmm. Right. So things like that, we make the resolution coming off of the retreat uh, so that we can make progress so that we yeah. can keep going. Um, and then every once in a while, it's not because of a retreat. It's just, we get to a point in our own lives. I realize today, and it might be, it might be April 3rd <laughs> you know, on April 3rd. I realize, Hey, I have fallen into this habit mm-hmm. and I need to make a change. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to resolve today to do something differently. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to make this change now. It doesn't have to be specific to a time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have, we, we can make a resolution at any time, but mm-hmm. that resolution is I'm resolved. Even think of like when we go to confession, we make the act of contrition. Mm-hmm. I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more. Yeah. Every time we go to confession, we're making a resolution to avoid sin. Mm-hmm. Now in our weakness, we almost never keep that resolution, right. which is disappointing. Right. But that doesn't make the resolution any less valuable mm-hmm. because resolving not to commit sin means I don't want this sin. Mm-hmm. I'm rejecting it. And so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to do my very, very best to avoid this kind of sin again in my mm-hmm. life. So you ever notice when people come off a retreat, let's say like, and we'll call them the newbie Christians, the ones who are just beginning. Mm-hmm. There's always this fear. What happens when I fail or what happens if I go back to my old ways? And this is all, it, it really becomes overwhelming. Like there's this fear of going, of going back. Um, and the desire to want to change your whole life, you, you see the goal, you see like, this is, this is, this is the ideal. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. You've been given that vision. And then you feel like, well, let's say you you end up not meeting that ideal, not meeting that goal and how it can just like, what I've seen in myself sometimes is early on in my Christian life, I would see the ideal and I would fall and I'd be like, well, what's the point? I didn't make it. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, the discouragement sets in really quickly. Real fast. But so that that's true for a spiritual resolution. Yes. That's true for uh, a quit smoking resolution. Yes. That's true for a weight loss resolution. Yes. That's true for all kinds of things. I'm going to cut this out of my life and then and then I fail. I, I give in to, to this thing. Right. And well, I, I guess I failed, so I can't possibly live this out. Let me just go right back to my pack a day habit. Or this right. Or thing, let me right? just add a couple more in there. And that was this one recognition. I'm like, okay, you're, you're, you're hitting an ideal, which is amazing, but what I didn't do in those times was I didn't actually set aside the steps I needed to get there. Right. I didn't know that all I needed to do was take one step. I didn't need to take the 10 because I couldn't take the 10, you know, like, no, Paula, you cannot jump that far right now. That's not possible. You don't have the habits yet, but what the Lord desires for you to do is what's that one step that you can take and to like, those. So sort of setting that ultimate goal. This yeah. is the thing that I want to achieve, or mm-hmm. this is the, the thing that I desire most. Mm-hmm. And in order to get there, these are the small resolutions along the way that mm-hmm. I need to make. It's going to take me time to get to this to this great resolution. Right. But along the way, these are the things that I will do to achieve the the great end that I'm setting out for. Mm-hmm. And actually, re- read the lives of the saints and read the way that they, that they approach things. They see the goal very clearly. Yes. But they also recognize and understand that that particular goal cannot be reached except by these smaller steps. Yeah. And they understand it and they know it and they live that way. 
Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. It really, and it, it, it makes it more, I don't know, I don't want to say attainable, but it's like relatable for us. Like, Hey, like we could do this too. This isn't that crazy. Um, I'm thinking about the story of St. Teresa of Lisieux, who was so overwhelmed with not being able to do great things for God as she saw other saints do. She goes, well, I can't do that. Like, look at that. So she uses this example of like this beautiful big staircase where all these great saints, you know, walked up and were able to like meet the Lord up there. She's like, I can't, I'm too small, I'm too little, I can't do these things. And then she provides the elevator option. So in, in the it, elevator option, the elevator option, it. it's, it's amazing. She, she realized like the Lord also provides another way, like the little way where, um, you receive the Lord, you allow Jesus to pick you up and put you at the top of the staircase. And, and how much of it is it when we're making resolutions, we can make it again based on our own self-reliance. Like I need to do this. I need to make this happen in order to honor the Lord or to live up to the ideal. Like the only reason you do that or can do that is because of the grace that has been given to you to do that. And so Therese's little way of, you know, taking that elevator option, but really the Lord revealing this to her saying like, my grace is sufficient for you. I will be the one to take you to the top of the staircase. Um, You're so consumed with trying to like do everything yourself. I just need you to surrender. And the staircase. Mm -hmm. And that she saw the staircase being one that so many saints had walked upon before her. Yeah. And thought it's too much because she was looking at the saints. Mm-hmm. And what, what do we get when we think of the saints most often? We think of how perfect they are. Oh my gosh, yes. And we think of how they reached the goal of sanctity. Mm-hmm. But she saw the staircase, but then by God's grace was able to see this other image, this this other aspect of it. So as you're bringing that up, it immediately brought to mind an experience that I had when I was in the seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, when John Paul II died and they had his his wake for several days, people could come and and visit, mm-hmm. and they could go into St. Peter's Basilica, and you could you could go up to uh, to his bier and and see him and pray, mm-hmm. and so he was. People were coming to pay their respects um, for days, mm-hmm. and I got to go one day, and the day that I went, the line was like ten hours long, twelve hours long. Wow. It was crazy. So we're sta- standing in, in line, but the way they had they had arranged everything was that you'd stand in lines. So we were like on I was like three blocks away from St. Peter's Basilica, mm-hmm. and just going in this gradual line, finally getting in there. How did and, you go to the bathroom? I uh, didn't. You didn't. Just hold it, man. And if you, you just hold hungry? it, man. Just hold it, man. Okay, it's I'm gonna sorry. Be okay. <laughs> I'm thinking about like particulars yeah, here. No, no, just well, like, <laughs> you saw some people had brought snacks and stuff, but oh, okay. otherwise just hold it. <laughs> They did have they did have some of the little side streets. They had they had porta potties and stuff. Oh, but okay. Like, no, it was just stay in line. Don't lose your spot. Okay. Yep, you're gonna survive. You're gonna be okay. So we get in there, but the unusual thing was that to get into the basilica, they actually had you come up the front steps. Now, ordinarily at St. Peter's, if if you're going just to to make a visit, they kind of bring you along the side of those steps mm-hmm. and then up the side and in through the front door. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get to go up the, the front center stairs. Mm. Uh, those front center stairs, they kind of keep reserved for when the Pope comes out and does one of his audiences or for when there's a mass outdoors. Um, they kind of keep it set that way so mm-hmm. that in general, you're not going up those steps. So it was mm-hmm. the first time I had ever put my own two feet on those center steps. Mm. But I got to thinking that the, the practice of blocking off those center steps is relatively new. 
for a long period of the the history of St. Peter's Basilica, anybody coming would just walk straight up those steps. Mm. There there was no go through the security line and then mm. get in. There was no line. It was just walk in. Right. The doors are open. Come on in. Yeah. It's only more recently that security threats and things like that have, have caused them to have metal detectors and you've got to go through that before you can actually go in. Yeah. But once upon a time, you would just walk up the center stairs. St. Therese of Lisieux wrote about that experience of going up the steps into St. Peter's Basilica oh. and the experience of visiting there. And so going up those steps to see John Paul II's body and knowing that I was going to see the body of a saint and to pray before his funeral. And then thinking as I was going up those steps about all the other saints that had also walked on those steps before. Mm. It was really powerful, a really beautiful moment mm -hmm. to just think, I, I'm in a spot right now that I, I, I never imagined being able to, to be or to see, but understanding that this is, this is a path walked by so many holy souls wow. before me. And it, it kind of pushed a little bit in my own heart. What's my ultimate desire? Mm. What's my ultimate desire is that holiness is mm -hmm. to share in that same kind of holiness. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. And then it, it kind of brings together that idea of, of the whole church in, and, and the unity of the mm -hmm. church that the communion of saints is so very, very real. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a really powerful moment. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as we're coming to to the end of the year and about to celebrate the new year, yeah. Right. And these resolutions that everybody always makes, um, I'm reminded, and I cannot help but be reminded of this. Any of the former high school apostles uh, from the diocese of Bridgeport who might be listening to this will, will remember <laughs> the rules taught to us by the fraternas about concrete resolutions. Oh yes. A yes. concrete resolution is the way to go. Make a con make your resolution very very clear, very firm, and and very real, very real. Realistic. Mm -hmm. So the concrete resolution has to be specific. Mm -hmm. It has to be attainable. It has to have a plan. Right. So the resolution specific, not too big, not too vague, mm -hmm. specific. So name the thing that you're going to do that you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, make it something that's actually doable. So I know that I can accomplish this. Uh, and it's it's a realistic expectation. Mm -hmm. If I say uh, I plan to buy locate by the end of 2022, <laughs> that is not a realistic or attainable goal. It might be a great resolution, like I I, I resolve to buy locate. Okay, great. You want to have that level of holiness? Wonderful. I'm not going to discourage you from desiring that level of holiness. Yeah. However, yeah. Along the way, uh, it's not a very realistic thing for you to do. Yeah. Why don't you start with something like I will pray a rosary every day, mm -hmm. because that's concrete. It's very specific, it's very doable, and you can be held accountable for it. Mm -hmm. You know the steps that are necessary to, to do it. You know the time it's gonna take each day. Mm -hmm. Making that concrete resolution, making it something that, that's really very, very real to you will make the resolution easier to actually accomplish. And then you can add to the resolution as you go. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if you're doing something that's too big or you're, you're taking on something that, that's too much, you're not going to be able to to do anything with it. Right. Because right. like we said before, you get discouraged, then you, you quit, you give up. Mm -hmm. So a concrete resolution. So it's like sparkles. It's like what? Smart goals. I thought you said sparkles. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, sorry. It's like sparkles? <clears throat> no. I don't understand. I, I'm sorry. I, I did, I did <laughs> m move all the words into one sound. Um, smart goals. Smart goals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And make them, make them real. And... When we make the, the, the resolution something that's real, mm -hmm. it, it's, it 
truly does become uh, our whole approach to it is different. It's changed. It's transformed. It's better. Yeah. I want to add a layer to that because make, write those girls, write the, the specific, the, I'm going to go through the smart ones. Cause that's the ones that yeah. I know. Yeah. Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. Um, that's the other one. That's right. For a concrete resolution, it's gotta be timely. Yeah. Yeah. You still, you still need this. Why? So I was listening to uh, sister Miriam Highland, uh, because who doesn't want to listen to her and then just be wrecked by her? And she's pretty great. She's she's amazing. And she said that along people's journey when they're making resolutions, and I think this is for anything. What specifically she was talking in the context of healing, but I think it's something that could be beneficial for this kind of conversation of resolution is when when you do when you do kind of mess up, when you do kind of like don't reach these goals, um, acknowledging not just the despair but also uh, sometimes the shame that is attached to it, sure. you know, like you become ashamed, like, why can I just get it? Why can I just do it? And she said something really powerful. She says, shame does not let you ask why. So shame prevents you from asking why, because if you have the opportunity to ask the why, why, why do you do this? What's that, what's in there that kind of keeps you moving into these repeated habits or repeated ways of thinking, repeated ways of just kind of like living your life and you haven't had the opportunity to ask why, um, shame doesn't let you do that. Shame doesn't let you understand why. Mm. Shame wants to keep you away from asking. So you're only dealing with things at a surface level rather than actually dealing with things in a way that's a lot deeper. And when you have your why, when you begin to understand that part of your story, those those things that you want to change in your life, you want to transform, now you're in a place of transformation because now you're understanding. And I think about this with the Lord is sometimes we want to rush on healing with the Lord. Like, God, why can't, and I had this conversation recently with someone and they just said, why can't God just like bring me there now? Why can't he just do it? And whenever we want the Lord to come and fix something, we bring something to his attention, but he doesn't automatically just go in and like snap his fingers and it's done. Right. What he does is he goes in and he listens to you and he allows you the space to be understood by him. Like he wants you to understand the intricacies of what is actually happening before he goes in and he heals it before he goes in and fixes it. I think the same is true for when you are uh, in every area of your life is if I don't know why I'm doing this and if shame is keeping me from asking why, um, in, in scripture it says perfect love casts out all fear. Shame is not from the Father. Shame is not from God. Shame is from the enemy because if you know the enemy can keep you from getting to your why and you understanding yourself, um, then that means that He's just trying to obviously like prevent you from living in this freedom that you were created for. Um, but we'd rather have you stay in this cycle of repeated behavior where you're just kind of living on the surface and not, um, yeah, just not, not getting to this place of like understanding yourself. But so I, I want to add to that because, and I, yeah. The moment that well, I started having, having, asking, having the reason why having, you're doing something, yeah, you're absolutely it's, right. It's so it's a, but well, also yeah. how to realize how my, why has been influenced in negative right. ways and in positive ways, you know, like how is my, why 
being influenced in such a oh, wait, wait, this is rooted in some kind of shame or some kind of brokenness that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. This is why I'm doing this. Well, and we, we want our resolutions. The, the ideal would be that our resolution is yeah. motivated out of a, a desire to, to grow in that perfection that God wants for us. Right. Not out of a desire to, to grow in a perfection that we think the world expects from us. Exactly. Or to grow out of, uh, to grow in a way that we think, uh, we're somehow falling short because of mm-hmm. what other people say about us. Right? Mm-hmm. No, we, we want to grow. We want to do these things because they're for our eternal good. Exactly. Or even because they're for our good right now in this moment. But our good right now in this moment is also not something that should be selfish. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. I want to, um, I want to improve my health. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very broad idea, right? So I've got to get specific. What about my health needs to improve? But then mm-hmm. also, why do I want to improve my health mm-hmm. for the sake of my family, mm-hmm. for the sake of the people that are entrusted to my care, for the sake of the things that I'm responsible for? I need to be healthy so that I can do those things for mm-hmm. others, for mm-hmm. someone else, right? I want to become more virtuous. I want to grow in this virtue. Mm-hmm. And so the following things are going to help me to grow in this virtue. But why? Because living out this virtue is a way in which I love God more. Mm-hmm. It's a way in which I will become more holy and I'll be able to live out that goodness that he's called me to. You know what uh, scripture passage annoyed me the most for the longest time? Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Sure, 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 I sure. could not stand it because that was so discouraging every time I would hear it, but I didn't understand it. Yeah. And it took so many years for somebody to finally tell me what it meant. Because then I heard this other talk, so, it was like strive for perfection. So what I, does it mean? <laughs> it means wholeness. Yeah. Be whole as your heavenly father is whole. Like it's not a, it's not about being perfect. And it's so much more important to focus on the progress that you've made. Um, but this whole journey of life is about becoming whole in and through the person of Jesus Christ. This is what this is. Yeah. And our resolutions are, are oriented in that it's, it's rooted in healing. It's rooted in becoming whole. Well, okay. So this, this is a a good way to, to get into the resolution that I would like to, uh, I would like to see people make. Now, I'm going to be honest. This is a resolution that I've had for a long time. And so progress. Yeah. Well, in, in, in a way, as a result, the, the resolution doesn't really apply to me. Okay. Okay. And so I, I don't want this to sound like I'm just tying up heavy burdens for other people to carry and not lifting a <laughs> finger to carry them myself. I, in fact, have, have been, and I, this isn't me patting myself on the back, but this is something that's actually been part of my life for a very long time. Um, one of the resolutions that I, I'm going to be recommending to people that they make this year is that they receive God's mercy and receive that mercy regularly. Mm. And by that, I mean, mm-hmm. go to confession, mm-hmm. receive the sacrament of confession as, as, as often as necessary, but also even, even more than you might think right now is, is necessary. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in the habit of, of at least monthly confession, um, Well, probably for the last 15 to 18 years, mm. it's been, it's been an enormous problem, at least monthly confession. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I had it prior to seminary. I was going to confession more often, mm-hmm. uh, but then it really became, it became a, a, a very real, very concrete habit for me, uh, at, while I was in seminary formation. 
And I'm very grateful that I've been able to, uh, to live by that and mm-hmm. to have it because God's mercy, first of all, is so great. Yeah. God's mercy is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants to forgive everything. Mm-hmm. But what I've also found is that the more I go to confession, the more I'm, I'm, taking advantage of, and I don't mean that in the negative way, <laughs> but the more that yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm accepting the gift that's on offer, yeah. God's offering me the gift of his mercy. The more I accept that gift and, I, and I'm working with it, the, the more I'm, I'm overcoming sins, even when I get really discouraged and feel like it's the same sins over and over again, mm-hmm. or I feel like I, I should know better, or I, I, I'm capable of better. It's that moment to just get started again. Mm-hmm. And that ability to hit the refresh button is so it's so valuable yeah so one of the resolutions that i want to encourage people to is to receive god's mercy mm-hmm. and to, to make it the specific resolution to to go as frequently as possible to confession and i sincerely recommend make monthly confession a thing yeah i really think that's that's a it's a it's a resolution it's doable it's not overly difficult. The mm-hmm. opportunities for confession are abundant, mm-hmm. uh, and the 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 chance to go and, and do it it's, it's really worthwhile. Monthly confession in 2022. Mm-hmm. But then there's there's a, a related resolution that I think is important, and the related resolution is if I'm going to receive mercy, if I'm going to receive this gift of God's mercy, then He's going to transform something in my heart. So there, there's a fruit of this mm-hmm. that I know is going to take place. And that fruit is that I myself am going to become more merciful. Mm-hmm. The more I'm, I'm receiving from God's mercy, the more merciful I ideally become. Yeah. Now that I can see many areas of my life where I fail to be merciful, mm-hmm. where my, my mercy uh, is not learned from the Father, <laughs> where I have, I have failed in being that instrument of mercy. Mm-hmm. But if I then also make the resolution, not only do I want to receive God's mercy, but I also want to be an instrument of God's mercy. Mm-hmm. I want to, and I, and I intend to do it. This requires a little bit more planning in the specifics. In what way can you be an instrument of mercy for others? Can I share a reflection I literally had on this? Do it. I have to get my journal real fast. Okay. So give me two seconds. Two seconds. Here she goes. She's gonna she's gonna go find the journal. Is that cord long enough? It's long enough. It's long okay. Enough. And wow. she is back with the journal. That's a nice journal. Oh yes, uh, Italian leather. Ooh. Barnes and Noble. Yes, she's got the Gucci of. of no, I journals. don't have the Gucci. Can you imagine if Gucci was making journals? Ew. I only say ill because the prices would be astronomical. Yeah, of course. And I'm of like, course. not for that. But it would be the most stylish you'd ever seen. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true, I guess. Um, but you you were talking about this idea of uh, mercy. Oh, man, the Lord just had me the other day. So this was a reflection that I had um, a bit ago. And it was actually a reflection on the loaves and fishes. Okay. So I know that was one of the readings uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, a while back. Oh, yeah. Pre, pre-Advent. Yes. <laughs> and I, I was thinking about this and, you know, they only had like, you know, five, five loaves, five two, loaves fish, and two fish, two fishes. That was it. Yeah. And something struck me as I was praying about this was you with the Lord. You, you There's so many ways that we are so imperfect with with God this is all I got. All I have is this. And the big thing that I was reflecting on is I was reflecting on my lack of charity. I was reflecting on my lack of forgiveness mm. and how I struggle. So sometimes that parable 
gets used with like, oh, don't worry about your gifts. I was thinking about here's here are the virtues that I have. This is this is some of the natural stuff. This is some of the, this is all I have, Jesus. And what dawned on me that I thought was so was so amazing um, that my lack of love and imperfection and forgiving and the hands of Jesus can multiply, be perfected and feed thousands. Mm. So my the way that I lack in love, the way that I lack in forgiving, the way that I lack in 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 being merciful, in charity. What the apostles did in that story is that they entrusted it to Jesus, and it was Jesus Himself who multiplied the for, like all of those things. And there was such a peace about that in my heart was, I just simply need to put these things in the hands of Jesus. He will take care of it. He will take care of leading me to forgive. He will help me to be charitable. He will help me to be merciful uh, so that it's not dependent on me. And it goes back to going to confession, going to uh, and receiving the Lord's mercy. Um, it's, it's, it's giving God permission to do the multiplying, yeah. to do the, to, to make things abundant. Because uh, otherwise going back to how sometimes when we make resolutions, we keep messing up. We keep like, oh, we're not meeting the mark. It's okay. It is it in the hands of Jesus. Is what you're doing in the hands of Jesus? Have you entrusted it to his hands? If not, we're just going to keep this cycle of like depending on ourselves. And that's not what the Lord is. And going to confession is this beautiful way to entrust things into the hands of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And then to... To, to learn that I, I have something to offer. It may be imperfect, mm -hmm. but I have something to offer that brings mercy to people's lives. Mm -hmm. And that thing that I have to offer that brings mercy to their lives, it could be my money. Mm -hmm. It could be my hands where I go and I actually work on their behalf. It could be just the way that I, I look at them and receive what they're saying and doing, not with judgment, but with an attitude of, of real mercy and, and love, true charity. There's all these different things that, that can be present, right? It's not always easy. Mm -hmm. It is not easy. But to be an instrument of mercy for others, it, it starts to transform us, mm -hmm. right? And so if I'm looking for the opportunity to be merciful, to be an instrument of mercy, and to recognize the need that people have for mercy, something's going to change. I'm not always good at it, like you said, right? we struggle sometimes to, to give that charity that people need. Mm -hmm. And it's not always easy because you look at people and you say, what's, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You're such a freak show. What's wrong with you? Um, but at the same time, this is somebody who's in need of mercy, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. I don't always want to show it. Mm. I don't always want to give it. But even there, when I, when I don't want to, that's where the resolution comes in. Mm -hmm. When I've made a resolution, that means that I'm going to do it even when it's difficult. And that's the challenge of keeping the resolution. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If I don't keep the resolution to be merciful mm -hmm. in a perfect way every single time, I'm going to reflect on the fact that I didn't succeed when the challenge was great. Mm. And so I want to do better the next time because guess what? 
when it comes to being merciful, there will be another challenge. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. There will be another challenge, another moment when you are called to to be an instrument of God's yeah, mercy. We call those opportunities. Uh, yes, an opportunity, an <laughs> opportunity to be resolved, an opportunity <laughs> to give of yourself. But it's true. Like these these things present themselves again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And the world so desperately needs that mercy. But right now, look at the at the way that we that we live our lives in this world. There is no mercy in the world. Yeah, there is no mercy. I agree. That's the, that's Everything the scary is canceled. Part. Yeah. It's, well, it's canceled, or it's the demand that I have to mindlessly affirm everything. Yeah. Well, if everything is affirmed, then nothing can be forgiven. Facts. And the problem is that the very things that people want us to mindlessly affirm are the things that they they understand need to be forgiven. In fact. But they won't seek forgiveness. They're seeking affirmation. But the affirmation isn't enough because the affirmation doesn't correspond to the real desire of their heart. Mm-hmm. They want forgiveness and they want love. But what they're insisting on instead is just affirm me. But if I give forgiveness and love, if I'm actually an instrument of mercy, then something can change. But this is the thing. If I'm going to give forgiveness and love, I have to know myself first to be forgiven and loved. Mm-hmm. So that's why these two resolutions, I think, go so hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And if we if we understood that, if, if, we, if we understood how much we need God's mercy and forgiveness mm-hmm. and how God's forgiveness wants to bring us real healing in our lives and in our hearts. And so that gift of healing and forgiveness that God wants to give to us is meant to then bear fruit for others. So if I resolve to be merciful to others and to, to make his mercy more and more a part of my life, then by making that resolution that I want to move in mercy towards others and mm-hmm. for others, then I'm also going to recognize that I have to move in mercy for myself towards God's mercy and God's yeah. love. So I think these two resolutions, they're so key. How different would it look in our world? How different would our would our world appear if knowing ourselves to be forgiven mm-hmm. and seeking out mercy for our own failures, for our own sin, for our own wounds, we were then given that gift of healing mm-hmm. divinely by God's grace, mm-hmm. which would then make us capable. Mm-hmm. It would give us that deeper capacity for love, for mercy. And so then resolved to also be merciful to others. Yeah. yeah. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Mm-hmm. Make us merciful also. That's mm-hmm. how we're delivered from evil. That's how, how we come to that, that place of peace. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. That's what you want for the whole world. Yeah, but for myself too. Like as much as I say it's a resolution I've already made, gotta make it again <laughs> no that makes sense i i'm right there with you you're i'm always way kinder be, once you experience the lord's mercy oh it's, it's it's a lot easier to be nice after confession oh it's so much easier to be nice <laughs> it's a lot easier to be nice <laughs> although this is one parent okay, jesus loves me okay anyway, I, can just, I can just i can just this come is out this is more now. of a funny story this one parent had a had just gone to confession and then as soon as uh <laughs> One of his kids called them. He's like yelling. He goes, I just left confession. <laughs> now I got to go back. <laughs> Which he, I think he said he was confessing about like, you know, yelling at his kids. And then as soon as he That's leaves. Funny. He, yeah. So it's all progress. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's all progress. But uh, I want to read this this sentence that stuck out to me in the catechism. This is in, in paragraph three. This is just the first sentence of paragraph three. Those who with God's help have welcomed Christ's call and freely responded to it are urged on by love of Christ. Mm. That's the motto of the um, of the apostles of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. 
really? Caritas Christi urgent knows. Oh. The love of Christ urges us. Yes. It urges us on. And yeah. it's taken from St. Paul, I think in Colossians. Okay. The love of Christ urges, urges us, us on. on. Yeah. Um, we're, we're sent, you know, we're given this mission, but it's, it's this, this urge, this urgency of, of, of bringing that love, but also that it's his love that gives us the, the power, that gives us the strength, that gives us the motivation to get out there. Yes. And, to, and that to love continue. has to be welcomed. Yeah. I think that's what stood out to me. It's like, for those who have welcomed Christ's call, like Christ is calling. Yeah. He doesn't stop calling. And really that's what happens in confession is you're yeah. welcoming the, the call of Christ. Exactly. And you're responding to it freely. Yeah. No one coerced you to go. I mean, God willing, hopefully. No. <laughs> He, even then, even then, even then, the like, mercy is still there. Told that you have to go to confession, it, it still is. You're yeah. still the one doing it. You're still going, yeah. and so you're welcoming it. Maybe with with a little bit of a reservation or with a, a little bit of hesitancy, mm -hmm. um, but you're still you're still there to receive. And if you need something to help you uh, remember what it is, Saint Paul says, his kindness leads to repentance. It's the Lord's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's not there to shame you. It's not there to guilt you. Um, it's his kindness. It's his mercy. Yeah. That is that is beckoning you. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. Wow. God's good. It's been a good year. I'm so glad we didn't do a year in review. Nah, who needs so a year annoying. in review? <laughs> Yeah, we could do the highlight reel of all the Roar Like the Lamb episodes. Nah, yeah, nah, let's not do that. that's okay. Let's you don't have do to that. do that. <laughs> all right, everyone. We will see you. In 2022. Wow, that's so crazy. Amazing. It's a blip. It's like time just went. Here we go. God bless you, everyone, and Happy New Year from all of us at Roar Like the Lamb. I'm Father Sam Kachuba. And I'm Paula Pena. 